Hey, thanks for stopping by. We are a group of students and professionals from Beijing and Shanghai, and this is our podcast on the uncertainties relating to the economy, society, and employment during and after the COVID-19 pandemic. We invite industry-leading experts from all around the world, and we hope that you'll learn lots from their sharing. Thank you, and stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first forum of our Overcoming COVID-19 Singapore Strategy to Survive and Thrive in a New Normal e-forum series. Our first forum in this series is themed "The New Normal: Shaping Our Digital Economy and Workforce." I'm Sophia from Fudan University, and I will be the moderator for this session. To start off, Inghan from OSG will briefly illustrate the rationale of organizing this e-forum series and the significance of the theme that we will be discussing today. Inghan, please. Hi, everybody. My name is Inghan. I'm from OSG, and I have my team members with me today, in uh, Lily and uh, Ken, and a few other uh, people. And uh, it's a great pleasure for me to actually host uh, this particular uh, e-forum where we have three organizers. Uh, we ourselves, OSG, and we have uh, Fudan University Singapore Student Association, FUSA, as well as a uh, Singapore Student Association from Beijing. So we will actually be uh, looking at uh, how we can work together uh, in this particular global pandemic uh, period, where we can really uh, look into different ways and means of, uh, you know, adapting to the new normal. So I think this East Forum series is very very timely for us to explore from different views. About how we can manage uh, this particular new world order from now on, and you know, I like to you know give applause to the people from FUSA and SSA Beijing for working so hard on this. And obviously today, uh, with uh, Sophia's uh, moderation and facilitation, I'd like to welcome uh, our Richard Tan, Mr. Richard Chan, as well as Mr. Rudy Lim, for you know agreeing to share with us uh, all the information that they had. And their feedback about what is going on uh, at this moment of time, and not to forget our uh, sponsor, our supporters here uh, from National Library Board, from uh, the OS, OSGN Singapore Global Networks, uh, NUS uh, Enterprise, Nian uh, GIP Global Entrepreneur Inter Internship Program, as well as uh, Singcham Shanghai. So uh, thank you them for the support and. Uh, And all our events here. So, with, without further ado, uh, I would like to hand it over to Sophia for yeah to start this thing. Thank you. Thank you, Inghan, for your introduction. So today's e-forum series is a collaboration between three uh, organizations, and we have received staunch support for a lot more. And we sincerely thank all the supporting organizations. So to move on, let us introduce our speakers for tonight, Mr. Richard Tan and Mr. Rudy Lim. Mr. Tan is the general manager of Shreyon Group. As well as the chief executive of InnoSpace, a new generation innovation platform in China, under his lead, InnoSpace has successfully produced 13 star ventures, each worth more than 100 million RMB within 12 months of their inception. He will be sharing more about how startups can rise above adversity during COVID-19 and grow their capability. Mr. Tai, would you like to say hi to everyone first? 
Yeah. Okay. Next, we also have Mr. Rudy Lim with us. Mr. Rudy Lim is a ventures partner of Blockchain Founders Fund. He is also the former head of fintech DBS. During his time in DBS, he realized that integrating fintech solutions into DBS core business became increasingly important and necessary in order to disrupt traditional means of banking and maintain DBS foothold as the leading bank in the region. He will be focusing on how Singapore companies can adapt to digitalization. Mr. Lim, would you like to say hi? Yeah. So, without further ado, let us now pass the time to Mr. Tan, who will be starting his sharing first. Mr. Tan, please. Okay, I, I think I will start uh, my sharing by uh, quickly run through. Uh, what you know, space is all about, and then, uh, but really focusing on uh, what's happening with the startup uh, within you know, space, uh, as well as maybe also touch a bit about our take on what's happening um, in the startup scene here in China. Um, but I think towards the end of the uh, at the Q and A session, uh, it would be wonderful if it would be more interactive rather than just um, you know like uh, one way. Yeah, so uh, without further ado, let me just uh, quickly go through. Uh, this, you know, space, we, are, we started about 2011, 2012, and today we have evolved to become a very comprehensive uh, innovation platform uh, in China. Uh, our head office, or rather our flagship is in Shanghai, uh, and we currently uh, have got uh, four incubators, two industry-specific uh, accelerator, uh, then we also have a college as well as a venture club. Um, then center to uh, this slides actually put together what we meant by uh, innovation platform. Uh, basically, like uh, for incubator and accelerator, um, this uh, this acts as a, a funnel for us to really identify startups to invest in, and for those uh, startups that we have invested in, to provide. Uh, better on-site portfolio management services. Uh, the college looks at essentially uh, identifying uh, good founders as well as developers um, that we could actually work on to start on new uh, projects, startup projects. Uh, VC Club really looks at um, linking up, matching our startups, uh, be it our portfolio as well as our uh, incubators uh, to the other uh, VC players in China. Uh, core to that, of course, is the uh, we also have a corporate innovation arm. We actually provide an active uh, matching uh, uh, between the big corporates uh, in terms of their requirements with that of uh, with that of um, the startups. Yeah. So basically, how we look at it is that um, the from one to uh, there's actually some animation to these slides, but for uh, the purpose of this sharing, uh, the animation would not be displayed. Uh, but basically, from zero to uh, one, basically, or rather zero to ten, uh, in terms of the startup incubation or rather startup development phase, um, we're talking more about providing uh, the CEOs uh, or rather the founders uh, having some core technology as well as a, a business model. And uh, we then provide uh, very highly effective incubation uh, services and giving them uh, acceleration programs to help them to quickly ramp up. But that could only take 
startups to like zero to 10, perhaps. But beyond uh, that, uh, going from 10 to 100 or even 1,000, basically we are talking uh, uh, these startups really need industry resources as well as the whole uh, industry ecosystem to help them to grow. And this is the part whereby uh, it is not just, it goes beyond just incubation, uh, but also acceleration plus open innovation, which looks at uh, linking up startups with the multinationals uh, or multinationals, uh, the big companies that requirements and so on. And of course, centered to that, we have uh, investment funds. So this is uh, uh, our uh, business model, uh, which we have actually built up over time. Now, uh, to date, we have got about, uh, sorry, so today we have got, um, yeah, we have got uh, four incubators, two industry accelerators across uh, Shanghai, uh, Nanjing, and Shenzhen, and each of these actually focus on certain verticals, uh, and or uh, are working with uh, some uh, big companies here in China. Like for example, the one in uh, in Shanghai, we also have a uh, the first new retail supply chain management. Um, uh, accelerator, which we work with uh, Hong Kong Lee and Fung Group. Uh, and in Nanjing, uh, our incubator there, we are helping to manage Alibaba's uh, incubation center. Yeah. So a bit on, uh, just quickly run through, I don't want this to be a very highly public, uh, you know, what you call that, a, a, a PR or a marketing uh, thing about space. Uh, but uh, this will give you an idea about uh, how focused uh, in whatever business you are in, it is important to stay focused and stay very, um, you know, like uh, build up your own competitive advantage as you move along. Over the last few years, we have successfully incubated uh, and accelerated 13 star ventures whose valuation exceed US 15 million within 12 months of inception. So our five year survival rate is about uh, 70%. Yeah, so uh, accelerator, I won't go too much into it. Uh, yeah, so the, uh, this is a slide uh, eight uh, on our investment. So basically, uh, our business model centered on incubation plus investment model. So uh, I think everyone knows that incubators and accelerators across the world are money losing. So then how do we as a private sector uh, entity uh, stay in business or earn our bacon kind of thing, uh, in a more sustainable manner? Um, so basically what we are doing is really, um, we have to have a high rate of return on our investment in order to sustain our operation. And therefore this would in turn reflect in terms of the, uh, how effective our incubation services are, the kind of the content we are providing to our, uh, the, to the participants that get into our acceleration program uh, and so on and so forth. Yeah. So um, for our first funds, which was actually launched in uh, 2015 July, uh, we invested in 47 startups, uh, 38 are ongoing. Uh, we have four exits uh, over the last few years, and to date we have been able to re uh, return 80% of the investment capital back to the investor three years ahead of schedule. So, uh, and in terms of that, say like the performance of our first fund, uh, that put us on the top 20% of all the investment firms in China. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, the next few slides is, uh, talk about corporate innovation. What exactly do we mean by 
uh, providing um, what they call it, uh, matching startups with the big companies. And uh, the, the reason why we are doing this is actually quite straightforward. Uh, and this actually like earlier, if you remember, I talked about the uh, strong performance of our funds. Um, basically, we are getting this, or rather our funds are able to perform or outperform the market. It's not so much that uh, because we are very good in identifying good projects or whatever, but more uh, because of this open innovation that we have been uh, doing over the last few years. And this really centered on uh, prior to uh, or working with the big companies to identify their requirements and matching startup with that. And in the process, if there are some good startups uh, that are successfully matched, we invest in the money. Uh, we invest our money into it. So this is uh, that there's no uh, you know it's not a very uh, scientific way, but it is a very effective uh, means of doing that. Yeah. So this is actually a very important part of our uh, business. I won't go too much into this or uh, that. Uh, then the last few slides is really more in terms of the resources that we have built up um, uh, in the startup community. So we are a small team. We consider ourselves as a startup as well, but um, we have a team of about 30 plus people. Uh, that includes the, uh, all our operations across China. Uh, and that also includes our investment team. Now, the reason why we are able to do uh, so much uh, has also really been that we are very uh, targeted, meaning to say that um, we know our own strength and we focus on this. So we also work with uh, partners in the media services space, HR services, finance and digital. So we don't do everything ourselves, but we work with partners. So we work uh, you know, like we have our own core competitive, uh, this competitive uh, advantage, our own core business, which we focus and continue to do, focus on. Yeah. Now this, uh, the next um, a few slides or two slides to talk about this whole uh, Yangpu uh, Public Innovation Space Promotion Agency. And the reason why I bring this up uh, is that um, in the course of our work, um, we have become, uh, we have been accorded best accelerator in Shanghai for the last few years. Uh, and in Yangpu, uh, Yangpu district is, uh, for those that are familiar with uh, Shanghai, uh, are aware that Yangpu district is the only district demarcated by the central government uh, to be the, uh, to be the um, what do you call that, the, uh, the hub for innovation and entrepreneurship for Shanghai. And uh, based on that, over the last few years, the Shanghai actually has got about 38 uh, unicorns. Yangpu itself has got seven, which makes up about almost 20%. Now, the reason why I bring this up has been that um, previously we have been uh, fairly good in doing what we are doing. And, but unfortunately, because of uh, being focused, uh, that has also had its disadvantage in terms of there are certain sectors that uh, because we are not our investment strategy and directions are not looking at uh, we are unable to provide support to the other startups yeah uh, so but basically last year the Yangpu government actually entrusted Space to drive take up the, the leadership uh, leadership position for this uh, platform so with that we are able to then garner 
and uh, all the resources from the other incubators and accelerators in Yangpu to help service uh, our portfolio companies, our startups, and so on and so forth. So these are uh, uh, the resources that we have also built up uh, on the overseas, uh, you know, uh, globally. Now, um, this COVID-19, uh, um, quite frankly, it has impacted us uh, fairly um, strongly uh, in a few uh, in a few areas. In terms of uh, both our incubators and our accelerators, in terms of operations, uh, thankfully. Uh, because of our uh, the startups that we have been uh, incubating and accelerating, the, uh, this has not really been uh, in terms of the direct impact. It hasn't really been uh, affecting them much. As these uh, startups being internet related, they were able to bring their operation online. Yeah, uh, and for the uh, but for the tech startups which requires a lot more like specialized equipment and lab. They do suffer or they did suffer a one month delay. Then uh, in terms of the businesses uh, for our startups per se, uh, there are some social media type of startups. Again, this, uh, the social media site uh, startups, the, the business have been mixed. I mean, the impact on this startups have been quite mixed. Uh, we have a startups that are doing online uh, dancing uh, platform. So they are doing exceptionally well because uh, with the locked in and uh, all these things, uh, lockdown and all these things, um, a lot of youngsters, uh, they need a place that, or rather they need an avenue whereby they can learn things and all these things. So uh, Teotel is doing exceptionally well. Uh, we have got another social media uh, startup called Sinter, which is more in terms of a, uh, for bike fanatics. They are into competitions and all these things, but obviously their business are affected. Right? So uh, other type of uh, incubators or, as, uh, or, 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 or startups that we are hosting, uh, especially in terms of the B2B type, uh, their impact have really been quite indirect. Uh, in terms of negative impact. So one of them actually, unfortunately, uh, folded up because one big companies uh, defaulted on their agreement. And even though uh, they, they, took that, uh, they took on the lawsuit, um, they, it, was just, it wasn't enough to cover their, their loss. So as a result, they will have to get folded. Then of course, a lot of them are now having some uh, delays in terms of business deals uh, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Then uh, in terms of our investment, obviously the, um, uh, our portfolio companies are facing uh, an even tougher uh, environment to obtain investment as many VCs are adopting a wait and see attitude. Corporate innovation side, uh, if you recall, I mentioned that this is a very key part of our business in terms of linking and matching uh, startups with the corporates. Um, in terms of corporate innovation side, uh, we have got two types of clients, uh, overseas government agencies, uh, uh, like for example, Korea, uh, Italy. Uh, they have postponed their acceleration programs because uh, you know, like, uh, in, in their home country, they were not able to go and, uh, you know, the startups are actually also uh, being locked, uh, locked in uh, and so on and so forth. So they, uh, they have uh, postponed their acceleration program with us. 
Um, that in terms of our the other client base, the foreign multinationals, again, that has been quite mixed. Um, like for example, Sinoland. Uh, Sinoland is actually the Far East arm in Hong Kong. Uh, they are working with us. Uh, they have set up an innovation lab with us in Shenzhen. Um, they, but because of this whole uh, uh, COVID-19, um, they are delaying uh, coming over to, to get their business ramped up. But there are some, like uh, then uh, 3M is also uh, getting very, uh, what do you call it, because of the US Trump, uh, you know, sending them the, the order to manufacture for, for them and so on and so forth. There are a lot of their attention are focusing in, uh, on uh, handling the US politics. But then there are some like SEMCOP uh, or even some of the multinationals. Um, they do see China as the only bright spot right now in their, in their business. So a lot of them are actually putting or rather trying to see how they can use China uh, because now China is getting back to business, et cetera, and so on and so forth. Uh, seeing how to can strengthen that uh, and work something even bigger so that they can do, you know, that they can fulfill their KPIs for the year or even a, a large percentage of their KPIs through China. Then in terms of our operations, um, now this was actually quite a, a tedious process for us. Uh, we really uh, tried to help our startups to quickly re-operationalize their projects uh, as fast as possible. And this, um, because every district and every city uh, have got different requirements. Uh, so basically some of this will require like helping them to get uh, resume book order from the local authority and so on and so forth. So that would also mean uh, the, the local authority would only approve the startups so that they can uh, resume operations if they meet certain uh, requirements. And that would also like uh, some of this uh, basic ones would be like uh, having masks, uh, PPEs, uh, uh, and, and so on and so forth. Then uh, for our side, uh, we also invested in uh, anti-COVID-19 systems in terms of tracking tem uh, temperature uh, and so on and so forth. And then we also have to set up a precautionary uh, measures. Um, then financial, we also provide some financial assistance to our startups. Uh, by and large, uh, depending, on the, uh, depending on the locations or the, uh, or the city, we provide about 0 0.5 to 1.5 uh, months of uh, rental uh, waiver. Uh, we also help this, but more importantly, we help the startups to obtain uh, government grants. Uh, so this has been uh, one of our strong, uh, where we put in a lot of effort uh, over the last uh, six weeks, especially, uh, helping our startups to obtain uh, government grants. So to, that, uh, to date, we have helped about 10 projects to obtain about uh, 550,000 uh, or half a million uh, RMB, about 100K, uh, sing dollars uh, to get a grant from the government. Uh, Fifteen are in our work in progress, and if all this go through, we're talking about uh, close to about eight hundred to nine hundred uh, thousand RMB. Yeah. Now uh, the other assistance that we provide uh, to our startups, um, in terms of business, for example, uh, well, we actively help our startups to apply 
and compete in competition. Because right now, uh, you know, like a lot of since a lot of them are on the B two B side, uh, they are feeling the strain. Many of their clients uh, are delaying decision making. Uh, some of them are, you know, like uh, postponing their their procurements and, and whatsoever. So how do we get help these startups to get more business or to get uh, more funding? So one part is the government uh, grants, and the other one is really to help them to apply and uh, compete in some interesting competition, uh, competitions that are aligned with their businesses, and also to help them in terms of global coverage, uh, global business development, and so on and so forth. Yeah, so this uh, we are Tamase uh, Foundation's uh, partner in in China for their uh, the the livability uh, competition, which looks at the price money about uh, one million sing dollars grant. Yeah, and then uh, APEC is a, a twenty four million RMB competition which we are uh, co-hosting in Shenzhen. So again, we are encouraging our startups to 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 to, to participate and uh, also help them to uh, fine-tune their proposal uh, and the solutions to help them to uh, win these competitions. Then we also, again, as I said, uh, step up uh, matching efforts between the startups and our multinationals. Uh, right now, we are looking uh, in the resource management space, especially in the light of COVID-19. Yeah. Now, a lot of uh, manpower recruitment has always been uh, an issue for many of our startups uh, since last year. So uh, with the COVID-19, we are even stepping up uh, effort in this, uh, uh, in this area. We are helping our startups uh, uh, in terms of their manpower recruitment, um, especially from other major cities like Beijing uh, and so on. In fact, uh, we have done uh, two rounds. And, and that's been quite positive because I think some of the, uh, quite, uh, it's actually a good time for, for the startups to actually um, hire uh, good, good talent, which otherwise uh, they might not have access to in a good time. Yeah. Um, so we are also uh, incentivizing our startups uh, to help each other in terms of recruitment effort. And this is a, a rather, uh, different approach that we're doing as opposed to the other incubators or accelerators. We also incentivize startups to help each other. So we, ours is more of a community kind of a uh, initiative rather than just a standalone, you know, like space, one side uh, helping the startups. We also want the startups to help each other. Now the uh, third part of it, as I mentioned earlier, 30% uh, of our uh, startup have overseas uh, background. So the Shanghai uh, government uh, are also uh, uh, getting us uh, to be heavily involved to help attract and retain startups, uh, especially the Haikui and uh, PLC talent that have uh, moved overseas, uh, but are now currently in China because of, you know, they come back here to seek uh, uh, refuge from COVID-19 and so on. So uh, helping them to, to attract and retain this talent um, in China itself. So from the, um, previously we have a Chen Ren Jihua. So now this has been expanded to call Wan Ren Jihua uh, uh, and so on. Then um, the government is also now ramping up on the Ren Tai Gong, converting a lot of all this, uh, uh, ramping up quite a lot of uh, um, idle uh, apartments and all these things, using that for rent, uh, talent apartments and so on. So we are helping, um, uh, working closely with the Shanghai city government on that front. 
Then, um, yeah, then uh, technology licensing. Uh, we have signed an MOU with the Zhonggao Zhishan Zhongxin, which is actually a collection of 260 university and engineering colleges in China. So this is like the, um, uh, the, the, the IP arm for uh, the university in China. So we have the MOU with them last year, uh, trying to so-called like um, commercialize some of this, the, the license or the IPs that are uh, residing with the university and um, the, the, the engineering colleges uh, with the startup as well as with the multinational. So we are actually stepping up uh, effort on this, uh, on this one as well. Um, yeah, then of course the startups, uh, the, the, the last few parts really talked about helping startups in terms of business, helping in terms of uh, uh, market, helping them in terms of manpower and technology. So the last part of course is on our own uh, investment, you know, the, 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 the way to, well, in terms of uh, hard real cash, uh, getting really uh, tied up and partake in the growth uh, of our startups. Uh, we have uh, closed and set up our second fund. Uh, in Nanjing, and we are on schedule to actually launch this fund in May 2020. And this is focusing on smart manufacturing and 5G. Uh, and uh, what is also interesting is that with this COVID-19, um, the Shanghai city government, um, because of our strong performance in our first funds, now they, are, they have already uh, approved uh, participating and uh, investing in 30% on our third funds. Even before, we, we are still in the very uh, preliminary planning stage, but the Shanghai City government has really committed to that. Yeah, so hopefully with that, uh, we will be able to even provide uh, more funding uh, opportunity for our startup. Okay. Uh, I think the last few slides really talked about uh, how do we see uh, China in terms of the innovation space and the opportunity for, for, for uh, startups um, in China. Uh, over, the la uh, over the next few years. So actually for us, the way uh, we look at it is that this COVID-19 um, does not impact on uh, the long-term, because we're talking about investments and stuff like that. So basically, in terms of long-term development, uh, in terms of long-term strategy or direction, uh, it doesn't really change much in terms uh, of our focus of um, you know, from our inner space perspective. It does not affect much uh, of that. Uh, but there are some in terms of, let's say, uh, maybe some uh, interesting areas within this uh, broader uh, or rather this long-term thing that we so-called like put more attention or rather look at some projects that are within that direction. So the reason why I put this slide also that um, this actually provides a very, uh, an overview on why China are able to so-called like, first of all, why Chinese government and uh, are putting a lot of effort and initiative uh, as well as money into innovation and entrepreneurship, right? Then uh, primarily uh, this then boils down to like, uh, from there, what are some of the startups that are actually coming really very strongly or rather though, if you look at the whole development of the startup scene in China, what has come out very strongly and what would be the next uh, the, the next wave. Right? So uh, the customer, like B2C type of projects, uh, we, we do see like uh, Meituan Jianping, uh, those kind of projects, or even Ali, uh, this uh, Taobao and all these guys coming out really strongly. And this was really because 
uh, this was uh, this is actually the easiest way for uh, China as a whole to jumpstart uh, in terms of using IT or using technology to to improve the efficiency within the services sector. So obviously B to C side uh, is really quite easy to ramp up. So then uh, we also have got a lot of apps, you know, B to C kind of app coming up really strongly. So so that's the reason why you know like in the first wave we do see a lot of. Uh, uh, Chinese startups very strongly coming up from this because of that. Now, the China, the second one is of course the China uh, being the manufacturing or rather the factory of the world. So obviously the next part that we are looking at or rather the next wave of opportunity uh, in China would really be those startups that are able to provide solutions to help improve the efficiency for the manufacturing sectors. So that's the reason why, uh, like in uh, two years ago, the Chinese government started promoting and driving this whole thing about smart manufacturing. Yeah. But before that, in 2015, uh, you know, space, we, has already, we have already started uh, focusing on, at that time, we call it Industry 4.0. So we started working with uh, uh, Siemens, uh, working with uh, Honeywell, uh, even BMW for connected cars and so on and so forth. So this is talking about if, uh, efficiency driven type of projects and so on and so forth. Yeah? So uh, I won't go too much into this. If you guys want, you can uh, request uh, this slide from Sophia or whatever. Now, as I said, um, that is our long-term, uh, how we look at the whole um, startup development, as well as the opportunity from the investment side. So, uh, and as such, if you look at, as I mentioned just now, my second fund focusing on smart manufacturing and uh, smart manufacturing and 5G. Now with this uh, pandemic, so what, 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 what is actually happening? Is there any changes? As I said, it's not going to change much in terms of our long-term uh, direction and so on. But there are some part of it which we would look at and uh, that we could look at. And, and these are indeed opportunity for us to also focus in. Right. Primarily what we are seeing from COVID-19 is that it really changes people's behavior in terms of lifestyle, uh, work style, and learn style. You know, previously, people, uh, or rather, um, people tend to ask, why do, are we doing things, or why do we need to think, do things online? Why can't we meet face-to-face? -face? Right. I mean, obviously, but in China, obviously, uh, e-commerce site has so-called like, uh, 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 leapfrog the head, but for many other countries, going down to the stores, the departmental store, supermarket, is still a very, um, it's still a way of life. But this is going to change a lot, right? So really, from lifestyle and work style, work style a lot with the lock-in, uh, we need to work from home, uh, and so on and so forth. So therefore, uh, collaborative uh, type of uh, collaborative work projects of a solution like Zoom. The, 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 we, we, we do see Zoom itself, we are using Zoom today. Um, in terms of prices, uh, share prices, they've skyrocketed since with this COVID-19. So these are some of the changes. And of course, the learn style. A lot of educations uh, from the classroom, we are now have posted it online. So this is uh, the, the, the broad frame of things and how things are going to evolve. Uh, whether or not we are in Singapore uh, or in China. Yeah. Now in China, uh, digital transformation will even be faster 
Now, there'll be a lot of, uh, especially in cloud computing, uh, a lot of corporates are going to take up, use the cloud computing to, to, to do a lot of things, collaborative uh, uh, work and so on and so forth. So there is going to see a, bit, a lot of a ramp up in, on that front. Then uh, online education, social media, etc. So these are uh, things that are coming up. Uh, then of course, the healthcare services, then we're going to see a quantum leap. Uh, with, especially with AI being massively applied uh, across healthcare, be it diagnostic treatment and, and what have you, and, what, uh, and so on and so forth. So basically, this is how we do uh, uh, see things uh, evolving in uh, China. That was Mr. Richard Tan, and we sincerely thank him for his insightful sharing. We hope you had a great one. Don't go away, part 2 is coming up next. Links are in the description and join us for more meaningful content. Thank you for listening.